Welcome to Capital Close-Up. I'm your host, Paul Hodes. We're broadcast on WKXL, AM and FM in Concord, New Hampshire, and 101.9 in Manchester, New Hampshire. We are podcast wherever it is you find your podcasts. And if you're listening by podcast, please make sure to subscribe. Well, fall is upon us. And when fall is upon us, it's time for the fall spectacular theatrical from the Concord Community Players. Joining us today is Betty Lent, director of the latest Opus Epic from the Concord Community Players, Murder on the Orient Express, which pulls away from the Istanbul station at the Concord City Auditorium, November 18, 19, and 20 of this year, 2022. Betty Lent, welcome to Capital Close-Up. Thank you. Nice to, ha- nice to be here. So before we jump into the show and talk about the community players and and what's going on with the show and how it came about and uh, what your fun challenges and opportunities were, I'm curious to know, how did you get into theater? Take us back. Take us back to the beginning of the Betty of the Betty Lent story. How did you, how did you become interested in theater? Um, I, did uh, high school theater when I was just a youngin <laughs> back where, in Connecticut. Uh-huh. Um, in where, Connecticut. In, where in Connecticut? Uh, I was in Torrington, Connecticut. Yeah. That's the north up in the northwest corner. And um, I liked it so much. I did almost, I think I did every single show that I could in high school because I just loved it so much. I majored in theater at the University of Connecticut um, and did some community theater Um some academic and community theater in Connecticut before I moved to New Hampshire. And um, immediately after moving to New Hampshire, I found the community players. I'm also a theater educator. I uh, taught theater in um, various high schools in New Hampshire for 40 years. And um, I landed with the players and I've been with the players for just about 40 years doing uh, lots of different jobs with them and, Mm -hmm. and directing and acting and doing costuming and all sorts of things. So, yeah, I mean, I did shows with the players way back when I think it was about 40 years ago. It was 1979 and 80 and 81 um that i i direct I, I i acted and directed for the players yep uh, years ago i don't remember whether you were around at the time but it was right around that time that you must have started started out with the players that that's correct i um did my first show in 1981 uh-huh. with the players right after right after i moved to new hampshire so okay. so, so tell tell us a little bit about um community theater and what what makes it special and 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 what makes the players just so extraordinarily special well um this is the community players 95th season it's the kickoff show for the 95th season um i think what um makes community theater um special is that we love doing what we do and uh for very little uh compensation (laughs) And so um, it's, uh, it's, it's kind of like the New Hampshire legislature. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's um, it's a labor of love for all of us that are uh, continuing to be involved with the community 
with community theater and um, it's, we've um, forged a great uh, comrade and camaraderie um, with uh, various members of the players. And some of us have been around for a long time and some of us have uh, not been around for a long time, but we're hoping to get new members. Every, every show we have um, some new, uh, new to the area, new to the players, cast members um, in this particular production. So um, it's, uh, it's kind of exciting to see people who have been with the players for a long time, um, interact and embrace the, the newer members that we have. So, and, uh, some of our crew members are brand new to the players as well. So it's, it's a really nice opportunity for us to get, um, other people involved with our, um, our production and our organization. You know, what you, you, You've said that this is the 95th anniversary of the Community Players of Concord. And I want to tell folks that um, there's a really interesting and fun documentary about the players um, that has just had a screening um, at uh, the Kimball Jenkins house. And meanwhile, let's see, starting uh last night uh november 13th the documentary was shown on channel 22 at concord tv's youtube channel um and then it's and now it's available on youtube for folks to learn all about the concord community players and their 95th anniversary um so it can also be streamed at yourconcordtv.org O-R-G, uh, where it will be shown intermittently during the fall and winter. So that's a, a great testament to the longevity and style of the players, which, you know, I mean, my experience was in a, a, a group of actors, actresses, uh, and, behind, and people working the stage who had a very high standard of excellence um there was uh there was no sense that that oh we're you know we're just amateurs this was this was a, a group of folks really going for a high-end theatrical experience which i really i i really appreciated i'd had a very i'd had a very brief but kind of interesting career in the professional theater um and studied theater before i before i got to the players um and then you know i turned turned to music and uh I've been called back once or twice for, for to do theater, but um, not for a long time. But you're you've done you you've directed a lot of shows for for the for the players. How I many have. how many shows have you directed? Um, I want to say this might be my thirteenth or fourteenth one with the players over the number of years. Um, I know it's the third one in the last thirteen months. So <laughs> <laughs> that's wild. That's wild. That's wild. Yeah. So the the show that we're talking about is kicks off the Concord Community Players 95th season, Murder on the Orient Express. It's Agatha Christie's famous, famous novel. Um, it's been turned into movies, I think, a couple of times. Um, it has been newly adapted for the stage by Tony Award-winning playwright Ken Ludwig, who wrote Lend Me a Tenor. It's on uh, evenings November 18 and 19 at the Concord City Auditorium with a matinee on November 20th. Ken Ludwig, Ludwig is a pretty interesting guy. Um, he, he was a corporate lawyer 
um, working, I think, down in D.C. where he lives, who um, famously started uh, writing at 4 a.m. in the morning so that um, his first plays were written from 4 to 4 a.m. to 8 a.m. And then he'd take off and do his corporate lawyer gig. Um, so he, it was a, it was kind of a labor of labor of passion and love for him when, when he started out, how, how did you choose this play and why, why this play to kick off the season? Um, well, a couple of reasons, this particular play was in the mix when our season was canceled two years ago or a year and a half ago. Um, so it made sense for the players to try to put it back on the schedule. Um, and it was scheduled for a different director, but um, I, uh, that director was not available for this uh, particular time frame. So um, I, uh, I volunteered kind of to, um, to, uh, to direct this particular production of it. Um, our normal, um, our normal fall production is a musical. However, the board of directors decided that since we were just kind of coming back from all the COVID issues, that uh, staffing a musical might be difficult. So um, they chose this particular uh, script uh, and yep. put it back in our season because it was there some point before. <laughs> so. Lud, you know, Ludwig's adaptation is, is kind of a, is fascinating, and and stage adaptations for Murder on the Orient Express have had a, an interesting history because for a very long time, uh, the show, you know, the 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 thriller was written by Agatha Christie in the uh, mid nineteen thirties, and for decades. Her people, her estate, her children, her organization wouldn't let anybody touch it in a stage ad adaptation. And um, uh, Ludwig said in an interview that uh, one day his agent called and said that the said that the Agatha Christie people uh, had been in touch and you know were inquiring whether he'd be interested in adapting one of the novels. Um, and he got to choose. Um, apparently Agatha Christie's grandson, who was then running the company, uh, spoke with Ludwig, got to choose, and he chose Murder on the Orient Express. Um, and he said, uh, I chose Murder on the Orient Express because it is such a stunning mystery in so many ways. The setting is exotic, the characters are colorful, and though their names are changed, it's based on a historical event, the kidnapping of the Lindbergh baby, which dominated the news at the time the book was written, and that historical context gives the story special consequence. This shocking crime has gone unsolved, and the killer is aboard the Orient Express. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, what a what a what a setup! What what a setup for for a show. Yeah. So, um, uh, tell us a little bit without um, giving away the all the the twists and turns. Just uh, set the stage for us about the the what happens in the, in the play. Um, wh where does it take place? Uh, who's who's on board the Orient Express, and how do they? How, what? Just give us a give us a taste. <laughs> okay. Well, um, uh, all of the passengers arrive at Istanbul, and uh, 
they are a very colorful cast of characters. Um, I We have uh, Hercule Poirot, who is supposedly going on vacation. Aha. He's, he's being played by Jim Gosha. He is the world's greatest detective. So, Belgian detective, which is one a running joke in the yes. show. Um, we also have his uh, trusty friend, uh, Monsieur Bouc, who's, uh, who is the director of the train company uh, that is played by, he's played by Chris Demers. Um, and then we have this very colorful uh, group of characters getting on the train. We have Mrs. Hubbard played by Anne Oreo. We have the princess, a uh, Russian princess, who is played by Cindy Dickinson. We have Greta, her companion, uh, uh, played by Kate Giddens. We also have a British nanny, uh, Mary, played by Nora McBurnett. Um, we have her companion, <laughs> Colonel Abrathnot, played by Nathan Osborne. We also have the conductor of the train, who is played by Dana Sakos. Uh, Mr. McQueen, who is played by Griffin Stewart, who is an assistant to Mr. Ratchet, played by uh, Kevin Guimond. And we also have the lovely Countess uh, Andrenye, who is played by Catherine Demers. I think I got everybody there. Right. I hope I did. I mean, it we also have a Turkish what, speaker. Aha. <laughs> uh -huh. Well, thank, thank, thank goodness. Um, so it takes place in. Uh, in a train on a train in an exotic location with a with a large cast um ludwig ludwig in in some of his interviews talks about um uh you know the exotic it's an exotic setting right. um he talks about what, what was very interesting when when i read the interview with him was he said, I, I was able to cast a glance at the rise of Hitler. As you'll see if you read the play or see it, the shadow of Nazism has subtle yet powerful implications for Poirot's uh, central dilemma. Yes. Um, how, can, you, can you give us a, just a little hint of that without giving it all away? Well, um, part of it, uh, some of that commentary comes from the princess, who is um, uh, uh, who uh, hates the Bolsheviks? So, and she makes it very clear. So, there's that element of uh, political, um, <coughs> excuse me, commentary there. Um, the the other piece of this is that um, the train, as it's chugging through the mountains, gets stuck in a snowdrift. So ah. that's another complication. So mm. it's they're on an exotic train stuck in a snowdrift. Mm. <laughs> and then a murder happens and Poirot is tasked with solving who done it. So mm -hmm. that's really really the crux of the situation. <laughs> yeah, and and the American tycoon who is murdered is found stabbed in his bed. The door is locked from the inside. That is correct. So that's my mysterious, and nobody obviously it takes the world's greatest Belgian detective Hercule Poirot to try to figure out 
um, because everybody, everybody on board is a suspect. That is correct. Uh, one of the things that Ludwig did was he he reduced the number of characters in his adaptation from 12 down to eight. He wanted to make the play more manageable and less crowded. <laughs> However, I'm betting that with uh, exotic locations, um, snowdrifts and murder, uh, this was a pretty interesting production for the players to mount. Um, I mean, here we are in Concord, New Hampshire. We haven't seen too many snowdrifts yet. Um, our old train station is gone, replaced by a shopping center. Um, so, you know, finding, find, creating, creating the steam as the director and, you know, working on the production elements um, must have, must have been a task. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about the set and the costumes and the production. I also, I'm curious about the auditions. Um, how did, how did auditions go? Did you have, did you have a lot of people come out? Was it just a few? Did you have to make calls to beg people to, to, to audition? Absolutely not. Um, the cast is 12 folks, um, eight of whom could be suspects. Um, <coughs> we had 35 people audition for this production, wow. which is a very, it's a large number for a, a, a non-musical. So um, we were so excited to have so many choices and the, the actors who are, who are ultimately cast bring so much experience and um, so much love to the material. So it's just been very gratifying to work with this particular group of 12 folks. But that was, that's a lot of, of people to audition for a smaller 12 character show. Right. So, yeah. Um, and as far as the set and costumes, we have, we're sticking very much to 1934 um, in terms of costuming. Um, the set design and the lighting design uh, sets by uh, Jim Weber and lighting design by Wally Pino are, are very, it's very sparse. And the reason that we decided to um, make the, the production um, sparse is that it's a newer kind of, it's a newer script. It's only about four or five years old. And I, it's a very, it's a kind of a more modern take on the story, even though we're setting it in the 1930s. So, um, and train cars and sleeping compartments and dining cars are very, would be very difficult to produce on the auditorium stage, which is very small. So we decided to, um, uh, because the play is in a flashback, it's told in memory style um, of uh, Poirot's memory, actually, um, we've decided to use projections and a very minimal set that suggests rather than tells. Mm. And so um, the audience will be very interested to see how that works because there's not, there's very suggestive scenery. It's beautiful, but it's just suggested. And we're using um, uh, video projections. With a new adaptation by playwright Ken Ludwig, a Tony Award-winning playwright who adapted the famous Agatha Christie novel. 
um, which for decades, uh, basically nobody got a chance to think about uh, making an adaptation because the Agatha Christie folks didn't want anybody to do it. But they called Ken Ludwig and said, Ken, pick a show and Ken picked Murder on the Orient Express. Um, some of the interesting things, Betty, he talked about was, you know, he said mysteries are always tricky to write for the stage. Uh, just think of how few truly memorable ones there are. Right. Um, Agatha Christie wrote three of the greatest, Murder on the Orient Express, large number of, of characters. Uh, and he talked about the uh, the fact that storytelling on on stage is very different uh, from novels because in a, on, in a stage show, uh, you have two hours to tell the story quickly and effectively with a real sense of occasion, and a novel can start start slowly. I mean, you know, Ludwig, uh, who is a real student of theater, points to the way Shakespeare started shows. Uh, for example, Romeo and Juliet starts with a street ball, and Twelfth Night, there's a storm and sea and a right. shipwreck. <laughs> so how does Murder on the Orient Express open? Um, well, it opens with a flashback. Um, I'm not going to tell you what, <laughs> uh -huh. but um, it opens with a flashback and it opens then with uh, Poirot starting the story of how he uh, got on the train. And so you see that start to unfold um, as he's telling the story, the, 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 the story uh unfolds around him and then it mm. moves. it moves from there to the train and then the different places on the train yeah. that action takes place you know for 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 it's it's just my my nutty brain but every time i think about and his accent and his you know his belgium his belgian yep. accent and all that <laughs> I, I i can't help but think of peter sellers as uh, um and all the great things he did as Inspector Clouseau. And somehow the two have nothing to do with each other, but they're inextricably linked in my mind. Maybe it's just the French accent. So yeah. in this, are we going to hear a French accent from Poirot or uh, a, a, a Belgian accent or a Franco-Belgian yes. yes. accent? There yeah. are lots of accents in the play. Um, uh -huh. We have the Belgian, uh, the French, we have Russian, we have Swedish, we have Scottish, we have British, and we have American, and we also have a little bit of Turkish. Well, now, wait, wait, a, wait a second. That's 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 craziness. Okay, that's yep. that's the UN. I mean, that you know, yep. that, that, that's the UN caught on a train and somebody's a murderer. But so, exactly. how? Um, uh, let me be direct, not delicate. So for, for accents are one, are really some of the toughest things to accomplish for many, many people. They, in order to stay in character and stay in the accent and have the accent be both, uh, convey the, the sense of where the accent is from, but also be understandable to American audiences um, is a bit of a challenge. In your auditions, how much time, how much focus did you put on um, 
the <laughs> accents or the ability of the actors and actresses to bring the accents to life. How how did that go? That's a because that's a special that's a that's a special challenge. Yes, that that it's it has been very challenging for the accents. Um, in the audition, we asked folks if they could do different accents depending on which character they were appropriate for, um, age-wise, and you know all the all the rest of the things that go with um, an audition. Um, and so, um, once folks were cast, um, it was their task to learn the accents. Um, they had, and they had. Um, about a month before we even started rehearsals so that they could um, get their uh, get their accents um, in pretty good shape. And that's been, um, it's, it hasn't been a struggle. Folks were very willing to dig right in and get those accents. Um, and, and as I said before, some of them had them immediately and some of them have been working working um working on them but um we're pretty good on the accents right now and and I'm very much a stickler for um uh, articulation and diction and um clarity so um that's one of the things that we have zeroed in on through the entire rehearsal process is I can't understand you make sure you um make sure you are uh getting your accent correct and you're enunciating it correctly. So in, in, in professional productions, whether it's movies or stage, there's a dialogue coach there is a, or maybe multiple dialogue coaches, depending on how many different accents there might be or what the type of accent is. And, you know, I, I I'm betting that you're the dialogue coach. Bingo. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it, it come, it comes with the territory. And so was it, was your concept from the beginning to, um, to have, to, to have the actors and actresses uh, speak in accents or was that something, was that from the beginning or did that develop in your concept of the show uh, as, as things moved along? No, um, I was uh, very clear um, because of the um, in the script, these people are from all of these different places um, that we have the accents because I think that the show um, a lot would be lost if we did not have the accents for mm. sure. Um, the, the actors actually have been rehearsing in their accents since we started rehearsing mm. and they were refining them for the last two months. So it's um it's been really fascinating to watch them grow in the accents and they're very comfortable. Um uh they're yeah, I'm gonna say they're all pretty comfortable with their accents right now. <laughs> so you know, most folks um uh who are listening to this show and most people have have had very um little if any contact with what goes into making a piece of theater. Um, they get to sit in the audience and they see the finished production and they hear the finished production and they, they can, they can form opinions about, well, did the set work? Um, and if, if they really notice it a lot, sometimes they'll say, well, maybe yes, maybe no. And they'll, they'll have their opinions about the actors and the actresses. But going back to the beginning of, of what it takes to put the show together, going into auditions, um, how just give us a little backstage 
sense of how how an audition happens. What do you what do you do? What's the room like? What are uh, who's 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 is there a panel of judges? A panel of people looking? Do they? You know, we've seen you know lots of folks have seen kind of some you know they've seen auditions depicted on stage and screen but give us a give us your backstage view of how you conduct an audition and what you are thinking about while you're seeing somebody audition what you're looking for with each character and and to just give us run it down for us how do, how does it happen um well uh I generally, when I, and, and the process is different for every director. Um, I do a lot of research before I even go into an audition. So um, the article that you were referencing about Ken Ludwig, that was kind of my Bible. <laughs> um, but also, um, so I've got all of that. So when you go, when I go into an audition, I look at, um, uh, I know who the characters are. I knew what I want to see. And I also look for a sense of, whether or not they can bring um, bring something, the people can bring something to the character. Um, I also look at physical qualities just um, and try to get some sense of how people move as well and how people would um, move in an ensemble because this is actually a very much an ensemble piece in that lots of characters are on stage at the same time. Um, and then, uh, as the uh, people come into auditions, um, we had a panel for this particular show of three or four people, uh, myself and uh, two other people, maybe one other person, I, I don't recall. And then what we'll do is we will talk about each person who auditions and um, get a sense of uh, what each of the people on the panel think, and then we'll come to a consensus. and. Um, a lot of times it's subjective um, and that's, that's just the nature of, or I'll have a feeling about someone what, there. I, we had a couple of folks who came in who just um, were very precise and got exactly what I wanted on their, the first words out of their mouths. Sometimes, um, sometimes there were a few others that we had some questions about. And, um, and then settled on someone who we thought would do a good job. But so, again, it is a very subjective process. So when, when okay, you had, you told us earlier on today that, that there were 35 people who came out. Does, do the people who are coming into the audition for this show, do they have in mind uh, who they're, who they want to audition for? Do they tell you, hello, I'm here, you know, my name is Paul Hodes and I'm here to audition for the part of Hercule Poirot. Do they, do they tell you who they're auditioning for or do they just say, I, I want to be in the show and uh, I'm here to audition? Um, well, uh, that some sometimes they tell you which part they only want to audition for and sometimes they'll say, I want this part or this part or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, so do they prepare them, in advance? Um, do they prepare um, something to 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 perform? Is it a monologue? Do you give them a script to read? How does that work? For this particular production, we uh, gave them uh, what were called audition sides, which were scenes. Um, some folks had read the play before. Some folks had not. Um, but we allow um, anybody who comes into audition uh, a certain amount of time before they come in individually 
to um, go over a scene and then we'll have someone read in for the, for, with the other parts for each person. So. Oh, right. And, and are there, do, do people get more than one shot at auditions? I mean, did you have uh, what are called callbacks? Uh, so people would come back. Did you get a chance to uh, have callbacks and bring in uh, people in groups or twos or threes to see how they work together and whether your original instincts about them were correct? Um, for this show, we did not have callbacks um, so just because that, we didn't need them. <laughs> Sometimes wow. when, you, when you have a callback, um, uh, it's because you're not sure um, or you have someone else coming in to audition um, but for this particular show, we didn't feel though, as though we needed them. And so we, we cast it the way that it, uh, the way that it landed. So Ludwig as a playwright is known and he's quite, he, one could say legendary as a master of stage farce. Um, he's, he's known as a comedic writer and the adaptation of this play, which has been uh, widely praised, um, seems to fuse um, this murder. I mean, which is there's there's nothing funny about murder. Okay, let's let's just face it. The guy has been stabbed multiple times inside his compartment. The door is locked from the inside. You've got all these characters. There's nothing funny about it. Somebody is killed. Killed the killed the American tycoon, um, uh, and but but you've got to be able to fuse kind of the the murder with uh, and the thriller part of it because there's somebody on the loose who's a killer. Um, <laughs> there is nothing there's nothing cute about that. That's a pretty that's a you're trapped on a train with a killer in a snowstorm with accents. And um, so there's the intrigue, there's the suspense, there's the high drama, but but the the playwright Ken Ludwig manages um, to infuse the show with wit and charm and humor and comedy, and you know you've got sort of these uh, caricature characters who have to come across not as caricatures but real people in this crazy situation it's crazy i'm <laughs> yeah. trapped on a i'm trapped on a train in a snowstorm with with a unique with an international cast of characters and somebody's <laughs> a killer make me laugh i um, i i keep telling everyone uh about the show that it's it's very funny until it isn't <laughs> so is it, because at the very end when when the reveal happens and you know everybody's in the room it's it's a classic everybody's in the room reveal like very classic you know Poirot mystery but um it's it's very it's very funny and very witty all the way until it isn't and then it gets a little lighter again so that's that's really all I want to say about that <laughs> so What's the challenge for a director in working with actors on that edge? You know, that edge of playing it real and playing it, you know, full on. But but comedy is very hard. Comedy is really, really difficult. I mean, drama is it, 
Drama in many ways is easier for an actor, at least in my experience as a director and an actor in drama, you know, you can, you can pull up the seriousness and go and go full bore into this serious place. But comedy requires a very uh, special touch from both the actor and the director so that it comes across as completely believable and the actor completely in the part you know, without seamlessly uh, realistic, but also capturing that comedic edge. As yeah. a as a director, how challenging is that? And and what do you? How do you help your actors uh, skate that edge? Um, I think that um, uh, that's an interesting question because in this play, there's another challenge as well, and. Um, for the majority of the characters, things are not always what they seem. So there's several different layers playing at play here. Um, so they're handling the comedy very well. Um, and it's very, um, uh, it's pretty natural. And the way that Ludwig writes, um, it really assists the actors in, um, in helping to get that timing that they absolutely need. <laughs> Well, yeah. um, for the, you know, and, and, but then there's, there's a lot of things at play. So they, they really have to, um, and I call it coloring their characters a little bit um, to uh, play all of the different facets that they need to play, which is, uh, it's very difficult. It, this, this show is, um, it's very funny and it's very light and delightful, but um, there are lots and lots of um, shady undertones. Um, mm. to what's happening well yeah somebody's a murderer that's pretty shady it's um, true. <laughs> and 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 all of the characters have sort of uh, uh, uh interesting backstories let's just we'll we'll just yes. say interesting backstories i mean you don't get on an orient express out of istanbul with a un uh worthy cast of characters without interesting backstories that That's must right. come into play um as the action progresses and folks i want to make sure that um that our listeners know we are speaking with director betty lent a director of the concord community players 95th anniversary kickoff show for their 95th season murder on the orient express a cast of glamorous fascinating characters trapped on a train in a snowstorm with a dead body inside <laughs> one of the compartments and Hercule Poirot Belgium's greatest uh, contribution to the world of detectives ha is on board for a vacation. Little does he know he's about to have to solve one of the greatest mysteries of his career. The show goes on Friday and Saturday, November 18 and 19 at 7.30 p.m. Sunday, November 20 at 2 p.m. Performances are at the Concord City Auditorium, 2 Prince Street in Concord. Tickets, $20.00. $16 if you buy another ticket to a player's show for the season. Please go online to the communityplayersofconcord.org or at the box office. There are various box office hours, and especially toward the end of the week, um, box office November 13, uh, 1 to 5 p.m. Uh, oh, that was yesterday. 
Um, November 18 and 19, the nights of the show, box office open 4.30 to 7.30. And November 20th, uh, before the matinee, 12.30 to 2. So communityplayersofconcord.org for tickets. Um, so Betty, just as, as we wrap up, I'm, I'm curious to know what, what was your greatest challenge in mounting this show? Um, really the, aside from a couple of COVID cases, which was challenging, we got through it. Um, I think the biggest challenge was to figure out, um, how we could present this wonderful, um, murder mystery on a very, um, sparse kind of set. Um, and, and because uh, we don't have a lot of space to do, um, a giant scene, sign giant scene changes. So, um, that was the, ch- that was really the challenge of figuring out how to, um, how to get this wonderful story across with these wonderful characters, um, without a lot of, um, well, with a, without a lot of scenery. So that's, that was really the major Major challenge, I think. And what was your biggest surprise? Um, my biggest surprise was when we put it on the stage on Saturday, or and then we looked at it yesterday and went, "Oh my gosh, it's so gorgeous!" <laughs> so oh. it's really um, that was the biggest surprise was seeing the projections in with the set, which it just it just made the whole thing so exciting to to see. So I was just very thrilled about that. Well, it sounds like it's going to be just a great show. Uh, folks, um, a, a lot of your neighbors are in this show because it's a good-sized cast. Uh, Jim Gocha in the role of Poirot, Chris Burrs, Nora McBurnett, Griff Stewart, Dana Sacco, Cindy Dickinson, Kate Giddens, Catherine Demers, Anne Oreo, Nathan Osborne, Kevin Guymond, and Kaj Hash. So, uh, this show is going to be a sensational production with a very new kind of set for the players who often do uh, spectacular physical sets. This one uh, is digitally enhanced, um, and I'm uh, excited to hear how it goes. We've been talking with Betty Lent of the Concord Community Players, kicking off the 95th season with Murder on the Orient Express this weekend, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday at the Concord City Auditorium. Go to communityplayersofconcord.org for tickets.